Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by me, Alison Balance. A group of 12-year-old Pacifica students from Dunedin spent a week of their school holidays taking part in Project Activate. The week was organised by Pacific Trust Otago to inspire the students and their families about healthy living and science. I catch up with the group at the Swimming Flume at the University of Otago as physical education researcher Jim Cotter reminds them why they're here. So what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to measure about our physical activity today? A heart rate. We're measuring heart rate, yep. And we're going to relate that to how fast we're going. And remember, we're doing heart health. So we're trying to get our heart rate up. And you realise you'll be able to get your heart rate up quite high. Oh, tsunami! You ready to go? So we'll give you two minutes. In a unique research facility at the University of Otago, three 12-year-old Pacifica students are swimming as hard as they can. So you're measuring the heart rate? Yeah. yeah. So they've got a, what, a heart monitor on them and you can just yeah. measure it remotely? Yeah, so we can, this watch will just talk to their heart rate monitor. 179. The swimmers are under the watchful eye of Jim Cotter who uses the swimming flume in his physical education research. It's essentially just a big water treadmill, treadmill for swimmers. As far as we know, I think it's still the only one in the Southern Hemisphere, certainly of that sort of calibre. So it's 10 metres of, of linear water flow. How much water's in there? I think there's 180 tonnes, which is a fair bit to get cranking around basically a big loop. Jim and the students are part of a week-long school holiday programme called Project Activate. Fina Tangopo is health promotion team leader at the Pacific Trust Otago and she says Project Activate has a couple of aims. I think it's just using science in a way of, uh, so that they can help and motivate them and encourage them not only to pick up science as a subject at school but at the same time also looking at the healthy living, looking at healthy eating and getting being active and fit. And it's this age group where they are starting to make decisions around um, subjects and also uh, forming some... I guess, habits to take through the lifetime. So getting them at this age is, is quite a good time uh, of influence, we'll say. Nutrition expert Rebecca Wilson is coordinating the week, which sees the students take part in a range of activities. They spent some time in the food science lab, so looking at what's in the food that they eat, um, the different nutrients. They've spent time with Jim and the team at PE school, so doing lots of different exercises like swimming. Uh, but yesterday they did running on the treadmill, biking and rowing, and uh, seeing how their heart rate responded to different exercises. And we've also um, done some cooking workshops down at the Otago Polytechnic with Tony and the team down there. And we've got another one with the whole family uh, tonight, which is really exciting. So we've got about 50 50, yeah, 50 people expected to yeah. grow, so all the kids have their families. And they're all pretty excited about the uh, sports tournament tomorrow. Yeah, so sport tournament's been running for the last 11 years as part of a health promotion initiatives of Pacific Trust Otago. This tournament not only focuses on healthy eating and getting people to be active and fit, but also it has uh, helped build the community together, bring connections in our Pacific community and build the 
community up, so it's been awesome. So health and wellbeing is the focus, really, of these sport tournaments. That's where our role is, to get our Pacific people to be healthy and also try to excel in whatever subjects they want to do. And from the states that the obesity level is quite high for Pacific people, as well as the not taking up science as a subject. So this is the aim of this project, to try and engage them in science and improve their health. You were going 2.4 kilometres an hour, which is about half of a normal walking speed. <laughs> your, heart rate was near, your heart rate was near maximum. The kids are challenged to swim at two different water speeds in the flume to get their heart rates up as high as possible and find out how that feels. Then, for a bit of fun, one of them gets to hang onto a bar while the speed of the flume is cranked up. So what speed have you been running the flume at and what are you about to do it to? So they've been swimming it up to about 0.6 of a metre per second. Now we're going to be going up to about 2.4 metres per second, which is the world record pace for 50 metres. And he's going to have difficulty holding on? Well, this is four times what they were just swimming at, so, yeah, he's going to, he's going to find it hard just to hold on. Going good. There we go. like a fast-flowing river. It's a very fast-flowing river. This is giving me a newfound respect for gold medal swimmers. Definitely. The students were impressed with the flume, but it wasn't always easy. How do you find that? Uh, good. Uh, just tells me that I can't swim. <laughs> so hard. Did you keep getting pushed against the back? Yeah. I kicked the net, like, multiple times. It was a great experience because I have never been in a flume before. Yeah. Looked like you were having to work quite hard. Yeah. Uh, my heart rate went up to uh, 179. <laughs> so how hard did you rate it on that? There's a scale there that goes from 6 to 20. Oh, the last one I did, I rated it as 19. 19, so that's, that's very, very hard. Yeah. How's this whole week been? Oh, it's been amazing. What kind of things have you been doing? Uh, we've been learning about our heart rate and um, how we can become healthier and live a longer, healthier life. Thank you. What's your name? Uh, Tapu Vaifaisun. Nice to talk to you, Tapu. Yep. What are you trying to do today with the kids here? What, what's the point of putting them in the flume tank? That's Apart funny. from fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and it's showing them how different forms of exercise can all be valuable for heart health and they're all different and they're all, they're all valuable forms of exercise. So how does it affect the cardiovascular system? And mainly, how does it feel? You know, they, they can't measure their heart. They don't know what their heart's doing when they normally do exercise. But if they measure their heart rate while they're doing these different forms of exercise, then if they want to, they can have some idea as to, to how hard they're working their heart, you know, when they're doing swimming or cycling or running or rowing. Or, and tomorrow we'll do basketball. And hopefully what they'll find there is their heart, can be, heart rate can be really high and they can get a really good cardiovascular workout doing a team game and yet they're not even thinking about it. So that's the part of the motivation for seeing if they can click on to that fact. And I think a benefit of this too is that they get to come inside the university see some of the different tools that you have for conducting experiments? Yeah, absolutely. And we use this tool, for example, um, we're interested in uh, very much in a, in a wider program of research as to how exercise um, improves the blood flow control to the brain and brain health, and particularly brain health, both for optimising 
brain function in young adults and, and through development, but also with ageing very much, trying to attenuate the age-related decline in mental function. And we know exercise is important in that respect, and some of it at least involves the stability and the quality of maintaining brain blood flow. And um, swimming, we think, is quite unique in that respect because it, it encourages a higher brain blood flow. And unlike most exercise, where if you go through to maximal exercise, you actually reduce brain blood flow back down to normal resting levels. Swimming, we don't think that's the case. Like rowing, you can go through to maximal intensity and still have a, a blood flow that's considerably higher than resting brain blood flow. Any idea why? Yeah, lots of reasons. And, and for swimming, there's, there's an unusual mix of combinations and everything about swimming increases brain blood flow. You're lying down compared with you know, being upright, so the, the blood pressure assistance. You're hydrostatically squeezed by the water. Um, the mechanical work of breathing changes the blood gases and you have more carbon dioxide in your blood and that carbon dioxide vasodilates the blood vessels supplying the brain. And that's an, a very powerful way to increase brain blood flow. In fact, that's the most important determinant of brain blood flow. And that's unique to swimming. And it's probably because of the effect of the water increasing the work of breathing and changing some of the, the respiratory dynamics to, to increase that carbon dioxide level in the blood. And it's arm exercise, and arm exercise increases blood pressure a little bit more, and blood, increased blood pressure has a small effect increasing brain blood flow as well. So they're all effectors pushing the blood flow, if you like, into the brain. But then there's the effect of the brain activity itself. You know, if, if you get neuronal excitation, that increases the demand of the brain for flow. And you're using whole body exercise, you know, much more with the arms and legs. And there's a lot of sensory information coming into the brain from the face and the hands that have very high representation in the brain in the somatosensory cortex. So uh, well, the somatosensory area is you know, the processing of that information. So there's a lot of neuronal demand, we think, associated with the mouth, the face, the hands. Um, so that sensory side plus the motor side, so that's two you know, substantial areas of the cortex. Plus your thinking, you know, so, so there's lots of areas of the brain that we think are activated simultaneously with swimming. And you don't get the same impact that you do from things like running, so is it a gentler exercise? Oh, absolutely, and that, that gentler exercise is really good for some people, so you're absolutely right in that respect. But it wouldn't necessarily therefore make it the ultimate exercise for everybody because, oh, you know... I it's sounding pretty, well, pretty damn is. good. I mean, no, absolutely. It's, it's really good in all of those respects, but you wouldn't want it to replace sort of walking and jumping and things that load bone and actually help maintain muscle mass and bone density. So... Ideally, for people who aren't physically compromised, like with arthritis or some other thing that impedes their ability to do normal exercise, you'd hope that they'd do other exercise or physical activity as well as swimming. That was Jim Cotter at the University of Otago, and we also heard Fina Tangapo, health promotion team leader at Pacific Trust Otago, and nutrition expert Rebecca Wilson. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World. Matewa. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.